Thank you for listening to the podcast of Dublin Bible Church. For those of you who don't know who I am, I am, my name's Austin Zook. He cut out half my introduction with that, seriously. Um, and I've spent, or I've gone to this church for a few years and I was just, I was sent out and I've spent the past four months in the Dominican Republic. Um, just, and I want to thank all those who prayed or did anything that would help me, helped me along that journey of going. And I will be going back and I have another week and I'll be going back and coming back in April and I will hopefully have something to give you then too. Um, one thing that I've just kind of come to realize through my time there is that there's brokenness everywhere, all around us, and God is really just kind of sending us to face it head on. Um, a lot of a lot of things have been introduced to me going there. There's really a brokenness in the Dominican Republic. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. There's really a brokenness there. And just going about, you, you, you really go everywhere and you can kind of see it really everywhere. Um, there's a place that we, uh, there's a, a ministry place called Emmanuel House. It's, um, it's like an after, before and after school program. Very interesting. If there's, you want information on that, there's flyers on the back missionary table there. And that area, it's called Kiskeya. It is a very um, run down. It's very impoverished. And it's really, it's very sad when you see those kind of areas. And there was a little girl, we were, we were going through, we were doing ministry tours for the first probably month or so, seeing different places we could minister and go to. And we went to Emmanuel House and we did like a little walk around Kiskeya. And there was a little girl that was, first she sang, she sang like two songs for us, which was awesome. And then she just told us that, well, well she had it, we had her being translated by the translator. And they told us that uh, she she needed a bed. She had no bed, nothing to sleep on. You know, the thing that we all, I can probably, I'd be willing to bet that everyone here has a bed. <laughs> but she needed a bed. And she just prayed for it. She prayed, and it came. And I'm I'm not one to shy from emotion. Those who know me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really one of those kind of people that's got to hide it. And this isn't, been, this wasn't my first time there. This isn't my first time seeing poverty, and I just, I just started crying from that. A bunch of us, but I, in particular, just started crying. And this isn't my first time there. This isn't my first time seeing poverty and things like that. So that really stuck out to me. But it's all the time there has also ca- uh, caused me to notice that really there's brokenness everywhere. You don't have to get a, you don't have to go to a foreign country to see brokenness. It's among us. It's around us. If you look. If you, guys, if you have your Bibles, open up to Jonah 1. If you didn't bring your Bible, there's we have emplaced Bibles a little sporadically under some of the chairs, so you can't get out of it. Um, we're going to be in Jonah 1. Okay. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Nineveh would be is the capital of the Assyrian Empire, which is located in modern day Iraq. You can really trace the Assyrians were very brutal people. They introduced crucifixion, and then the Romans perfected it. Is what's said about them. They're very brutal, not good people. And you can really trace some of the you can really trace like any violence in the Middle East. Really, you could trace it back to the Assyrian Empire, which is a little interesting. <laughs> Um, go to the great city of Nineveh 
Can none of them preach against it? Because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, headed for Tarshish. Tarshish would be in modern-day Spain. So you can sort of see the space there. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. Then they, And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. When the captain came to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people, from what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them. They asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm again, calm for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it, and it became calm, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the land, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah, threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Jonah was sent, Was God wanted to send Jonah to Nineveh. There was brokenness there. And now, and that, this was in the Old Testament, and then in the New Testament, Jesus has really come for, to be our, the ultimate cure to our brokenness. In Romans 5.8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was, Jonah was called, yet he did not go. The world and all of those who are in it are drowning in their sins. They're clinging to, trying to do everything they can, just as the sailors did. They threw all their stuff overboard. They were crying out to their gods. They were playing, flying, or grabbing for anything, anything to keep them afloat. We're all, all of us, at one point, were drowning in sin, those who are saved. And all of us, and everyone in the world, is drowning in their sin, trying to do whatever they can to stay afloat. They cling to a job, an addiction, a possessions. Maybe that their their maybe their mom and dad were at church. Maybe they grew up in church. They cling to anything to stay afloat. God sees the people of Nineveh, and they're broken. And he he wants Jonah to see the same. And he really he wants he's trying to mend the brokenness by sending Jonah. God's now God's trying to send you to mend the brokenness around you, to all those around you. Luke 10, 2, um, it says, He, that being Jesus, told them, which you could replace them with you, or insert your name, or us. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to, 
to send out workers into his harvest field. In the original Greek, the, the word send out would be ikbalo. And this literally can be translated to being thrown out. So pray. I pray that people will be thrown out to just to reap the harvest. I've, been, I've prayed in preparing for this message that you, that all of who will be hearing this, will be sent out to face brokenness head on in Dublin Lawrence County. We're all called to go. It's part of the Great Commission and Acts. This could be as easy as inviting a co-worker to church, to, to church. Maybe even maybe inviting family over because there's some dispute going on. You need to work that out. For the students, maybe it's in sitting by the person who doesn't who sits by themselves at lunch. And eventually, Jonah does go to Nineveh, and he reluctantly he goes to Nineveh. Um, and in Jonah three four. He preaches and he says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. Miraculously, the whole, the whole city has changed. Just turns on a dime. All better. God used an eight-word warning from Jonah to change the lives of all those in the city. What words has God laid upon your heart so that you can, so that you can minister to those around you? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, just thank you for just blessing us and all that goes on in our lives, Lord. As we go through the season, we remember those who don't have a lot of what we are blessed with, Lord. And I just pray that um, it's all in your name. Amen. kind of ask Austin some questions and while I'm asking some questions if you have some questions of your own um, I know we've done this before but we had a very limited amount of people who were here last time it was for a banquet and, there, and um, some people had to leave so what I thought I would do is just kind of ask maybe four or five questions to get uh, kind of get us rolling and then you all kind of jump in at the end and uh, we'll just do it family style raise your hand um, loud and proud all right just throw it out there and hopefully I'll hear it um, so one of the things that this talk um, that I know about but they don't know about is about how you recognize brokenness. Tell, tell us about the journey from going what you saw here to what changed in your heart once you went there this time. And this is the third time you've been there. Mm -hmm. um, before, before going, I had this sort of, I don't know, Probably selfish, just selfish blindness. Just I was, I was, didn't, I didn't see around, or what was around the brokenness that was all around us. And then about a month in, after all that whole experience, I was just kind of like, you don't have to, you don't have to travel, you don't have to like take a plane anywhere to see brokenness. You could walk out your do front door and see brokenness truly. So that's really what opened my eyes to it. So kind of open your eyes to. What would you say was the condition of your heart when you were here mm. before? Because uh, I think that I think that contrast yeah. is important rather than just saying, "Well, there's brokenness." Tell yeah. us the contrast between your heart before and then now. I think I had a very closed off, very not not open to whatever God has for me at that point. It was very just kind of like it's going to be my way, and then going there, I was just like, 
completely rocked of that, and it's like, okay, never mind. I don't those whatever my plans were. I guess I'm just not going to go with those anymore. We should we should go with what you're going to do, God. Um, well, you're you're a part of something called the GAP program. I don't <laughs> even know what that stands for, but or if it stands oh, for anything. I don't remember it. You don't remember? I don't remember it. They right. we did it the first month or so. They kept telling us. Um, but basically, what what many of us know, perhaps some of you don't, is it's set up for the gap year, either after high school or after college, to kind of send people off on a journey to kind of have them learn some uh, some maybe life skills, those types of things. And part of that that journey is you've been doing some schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so while you're doing mission work, you're also doing schoolwork. So I thought it would be valuable if you would kind of explain what your typical week looks like uh, Starting like on a Sunday, what you do on a Sunday, where you serve on a Sunday, and that kind of thing. Well, Sundays we typically would go to church, and then it's a free day unless you have something. We have something going on. But do you serve on Sunday? Um, well, I well, you can choose. Yes, I ch- I serve at the praise band when they need it, which is just about every Sunday, and that's where I serve. And I have practices on Saturday nights, and then I go play on Sundays, and that's normally my. Sunday, play, there's a message, and then we normally do homework or whatever we need to do that day. So, but it's kind of a Sabbath. Yeah, it's a, kind of it's a, yeah. Okay, what about Mondays? Mondays are ministry days. We will, we've chosen, we've had a, we've chosen a ministry that we serve, that we need, that we've chosen to serve at. And we'll serve there for, until, you know. Sometime people have let people leave at seven. Some people leave at eight. I think I left at nine, and I come back at about five. So I'll just, I'll just I worked at a girls' home, a girls' orphanage called Pasitos de Jesus, which I believe is also back there. Yeah, if not, we do have flyers. Yeah, not right there. Yeah. Now. Um, but because of circumstances going on with there, I don't I don't know where exactly I'll be serving next semester. But okay. tell us about that. I think that's kind of an interesting story mm. of what whatever you know about this the girls' orphanage. Um, girls orphanage. Uh, they just take girls from. All the girls have pretty. And I'll start with a girl named Shari. She is min- She's mentally handicapped, and her parents treated her like an animal for most of for the first good bit of her life. So when they first saw her, she was in a dog cage, didn't know how to talk. They really treat people who are handicapped as animals at that point like it's a like a burden upon the family so they'll just they'll treat them like animals and it was started and it takes in girls who from physical to just bad family situations to physical verbal abuse where family situations are really bad and they'll take them in and they give them a home areas to play they go to school they give them a ride to school they just pretty much live there and then when they get to be about 18, they can choose if they have family. They can go some. They could go um live with them. But you said that. Uh, is there anything you want to, you'd want to say about yeah. the score and losing kind of? Their yeah, yeah. I was getting into that. You're getting into that. Yeah. So, sorry, Steve. Thunder, man. Take it. <laughs> sorry. Seriously. Um, I'm a preacher, man. I'm used to talking. I, this is my space. Um, that situation. There's a the woman who's in charge of it really has kind of gone against score and like butted heads with score in a lot of ways. So the missionary family that was there left, like left the country, not because of that, but 
they left that and then they were just like, where do we go? And they're in Costa Rica right now, or they're in Florida, but they're going back to Costa Rica or they're before. And she's just kind of like, doesn't like people being there to control everything. I don't know. She, it's really, it's strange. Um, the education system is like really bad, like really, really bad. Like all they do is they'll write something on the board and say, write that 10 times. That's your homework. That's it. So they, the girls, there's one girl who was in like up to like, you know, multiplication division, didn't know how to add and subtract. Really didn't have those those blocks that really started to begin with the mathematics. So it's like a lot of girls don't, girls don't know how to read. A lot of our days were spent reading with little girl, either reading with them or like helping them along with reading. Um, that was most of our days. And then sometimes we would play, but most of the time, most of our days, the first two hours or so would just be us reading with the girls. So reading, with those. reading with the girls, the ones who can't read, and then letting the ones who can read kind of work through that and you know helping them with pronunciation, things like that. Uh, hmm. Is there anything else? I think I'm good. You're good? All right. Um, are people there, do you find them open to the gospel? Yes. I. It depends. In the areas that I've been, Yes. In certain areas, probably some of the more obscure Haitian villages that I mean, I've been to a few, but I haven't been to every one of them. I'm, I would think that they it's a little more difficult, but the people are more or less very open to just the Christianity's. Like I told you in that travel that travel book I read about the Dominican Christianity is taking a very good foothold in the Dominican. There's still traces of obviously voodoo from Haiti from Haiti. And then Catholicism from the Spanish time when they were there. So, but Christianity is—it's they're pretty open to it. Have you had any scary moments? Mm. Like scary yeah, as in? Anything scary? I mean, when that hurricane was going to come, that was a little intimidating. That was a little intimidating. We were in the capital. We were in the capital rushing. We were, we were like, oh, it's no big deal. We are in the capital in a store, and like the lines are normally pretty long, but these lines were ridiculously long, like two-and-a-half-hour lines to get your stuff out. Like, There's a hurricane tomorrow. That, that's where oh. everyone's here packing up. But that ended up being a tropical storm and really nothing bad. So that's cool. the house almost flooding. That was, that was a story. That was interesting. Um, what about the most fun well, tell me. I mean, obviously, it's not all work, and there's some fun there. I know you're meeting some great people, really building some probably lifelong relationships. Fun. Okay. Tell us about some of that. We go. Well, we've gone on. We've gone on some like excursions, so to speak. Just kind of like a. Well, it'll be like a you know a, you know good month of working. We'll be like okay, you know, it's a Saturday. Let's go out and we went ziplining. That was like the first thing we did. Never been ziplining. That was really fun. Um. But then, like, even some of my Bible classes I really do enjoy. Like, we had apologetics, and that was just, like, really awesome. It just, it's all, it's, there's, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's not all work, but there's there's enough work, but it's, it, there's some fun that goes on. We do some stuff. Good. Um, we do have a picture. Hey, Lexi. Um, if I could see the picture, uh, there's a picture part of that presentation. That's the one. Um Explain this to us just a little bit. This was taken around Kiskeya, maybe the Loma, which is like a sort of an outskirting city of that. Um, this is typically what you'd see. 
um, a lot of the time. You kind of see the, the concrete. That beside there is a pretty well, pretty decently built house. But the tin, it's a lot of just like broken, broken concrete floors with like tin, tin roofs. That was that was in that area where that little girl was. And that trash is pretty much everywhere. It's just all over the place. Even the nice areas are still just filth and truck garbage everywhere. Oh, that's a house. That's probably the backside of a house. So would this be something that you would see in just urban, like in, in the city centers, or would this be out in the villages, or is this Both. Kind of like it's kind of everywhere? Mm -hmm. um, even in the capital, there's still like some outing. Like as you in the middle of the capital, it's really nice, and then you kind of get out, and it's like okay, it's not as nice, but it's and you can still see the trash everywhere, but it's you know somewhat put together. Then you get to the outer outskirts where you literally find favelas like in like they have in Brazil just which houses built on top of each other on mountains and that's where you'll see 10 10 built houses 10 roofs is pretty much a staple but so that's even in the nicer areas you'll have 10 roofs but 10 10 built houses I don't know if you could even answer this we haven't talked about it in the past but um would, are those people like hospital? Will, would they allow you to go into their house or is it kind of a poor thing where you, you can't what does that look like just depends on the people. Sometimes, sometimes they'll let you in. I don't think I've ever actually. Yes, I've had one situation where a woman did not want us to come by her. Other than that, everyone's pretty hospitable. But one time we went up, and the woman was just like, "No." So we're like, "Okay, that's alrighty. We're not gonna go ahead and go then." <laughs> but normally they're pretty hospitable. Um, well, that's all I have. Does anyone else have a question or two um, for Austin? Make him feel nervous. Like he hasn't been nervous at all up here. He's done great. Let's make him sweat or something. Come on. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Um, whenever, just for, I know that you've been to the Dominican Republic and you live there, but for those who have not been, those who are still at home, can you please help us pray for you? Can you give us three specific things? That we can think on and pray about. Okay. Um, for me personally, I would say direction. I've got, I've gotten some, some things have been cleared out, but there's still sort of a, a fogginess there. Like life direction. Like life direction. <laughs> um, schoolwork, because that's fun. Um, and then, mm, I don't know. I'll probably probably pray for Pesitos with the. Pasitos de Jesus with the um with that woman who's in charge because it's really sad like to be there and these girls not know what they're doing with homework and the people who are helping them be kicked out that's that's very rough so just for that them for the girls there yes. Um, yeah, you could stay there and you could work. I mean, they don't get paid or anything, but you could live there and work. There's one, at least two women that were just kind of, they kind of lived there. They just kind of did, cooked and did whatever they needed to do around there. But, yeah, if you don't, if they couldn't, aren't able to get out, they will stay there and work and do what they need to do. Approximately how many girls are in that? Oh, my. I don't know how many. <laughs> uh, I mean, just a roundabout number. I could maybe 30 or so there's a there's a good amount but they have they recently had like a building built for with beds 
which was awesome because the first time I ever went, there was none of that. So they have that. Really, it's, it's, they have a good property, so it's not like they're cramped up with everything. They have a pretty, they've been blessed with a good property. In the Pasitos or in the Dominican as a whole? Um, hmm, that is a tough one. It just it uh, just depends. Hmm. Obviously, God's at work with what we're doing. Whether we see it or not, we know He's at work. And sometimes we'll see. Big, you know, big things, but sometimes it's it's just like normal every day. I mean, really, every everything, every little thing God does is a miracle. So it's like sometimes you'll see significant things, families being saved, maybe, and then sometimes you know, someone invites the front of church, you know, a big thing, but you know, something like that. It's kind of a different, a different kind of situation with where they are because you're there with how many other students are part of the gap? We're like fourteen. Fourteen, and they have different ministry assignments, so. Austin's experience uh, as far as doing ministry would be different, different than maybe somebody else's. So his storyline would be completely different because he's at the at the uh, Pesitos. At the Pesitos. He would have kind of that experience. And even, you know, I think when it comes to missionary work, a lot of times people think, well, missionary work, it's, it's sharing the gospel, it's counting the, the number of people who are getting saved. But unfortunately, even in, in their, and correct me if I'm wrong, but even in that culture, um, those uh, those girls are just kind of dismissed. So I think there's a pretty significant thing that's done when they even go in and, and read with them. Um, and just inspire those girls that, hey, it doesn't have to be just the way that you see that there's a hope you know, out of that brokenness. So what do you think? I mean, would that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's a group of people that co- that will come with me. But, I mean, I, obviously one, one guy just does handiwork around the area. Then I would read and some of the other people would just teach English and other things. So just different areas. It just depends. For instance, the girl that I – one of the, my, the girls I mainly read with, um, for, most of her to- for most of her life she had her, her tongue was kind of like stuck or I don't know what the med- exact medical term is. Mm-hmm. When your tongue is connected to the bottom of your mouth, yeah, and she had recently gotten that fixed, but she had like a lisp that was really bad, so she would have a hard time pronouncing her s's. So I was just like going through that, and it's like, and she was excited every time. Every time I came around, she was so excited just to read with me, and it was like little little victories, so to speak. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. You never know; you might touch touch a life like that. Awesome. Yes. Um, there's different. There's like okay. There's three main ministry areas, but you can go other places though. There's San Jose, which is. If you want to know about San Jose, just talk to me after this. It's it's an interesting place. Um, Emmanuel House, which is in Quisqueya, and then there's um, Pasitos. It isn't like a requirement, but the first month or so, every Monday before classes really get into full swing, every Monday we would go out. And go um, see a different ministry place. Just to see different places where we could serve. There's a place called Josiah's Home, which actually, I think that also might be back there. I'm not sure. But 
and that wasn't a that was like a that was a inter- it was a weird it was not a weird but it was an, it was a little more difficult with scheduling with that one because that's like a boys' home. That was honestly where I really wanted to go, but scheduling I wasn't able to. But so no, it's not a requirement to go there, but you do have to have some sort of place you go to. There's more, but I don't remember them all. There's one like church. You could go work with church stuff. Like yeah. you could. Oh, there's. I'm sorry. Then there was the the old folks home slash church and Monte Cristi, which you know, that's that. I that wasn't really didn't really run through my head when I was. That was good. And that's that. Well, it's an old folks home. What am I yeah. supposed to explain? Uh, there's old folks. They sit. It's a retirement home. Self-destructive, I guess. Um, yeah, Brian. Um, aside from being in the girls' home, I, I know we saw the picture with the trash sitting outside the house. What What is like life on the streets like for people? Mm. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if I can properly answer that, but I will try. Um, if people if people don't work, they sit around, play dominoes, and drink a lot of the time. That's that's literally what you'll see. Jokes aside, that is what you will see a lot. So is there like a lot of crime? Certain areas. They're used um, where we live. There's a ton of we have like a lot of armed guards. So not really around where we live, but stealing and stealing and theft is a part as much a part of the culture as really music or food, truthfully. So, and that's what a Dominican has told me. <laughs> so. But where they live, it's actually there's 24 hours. It's a somewhat, it's a, it's like, yeah. We have one, we have one guard for us, and then there's like a little down the road, and there's the score complex where they have four or five guards. Yeah. Do they have like running water No, not running clean water. That isn't a thing, um, at all. Even in like the capital, in the nice areas, there's. Run yeah, there's running water. The power will go out sometimes, so running water is sort of dependent on yeah, it just depends on the day. How the weather is that day. If it rains maybe the power will go out, but electricity is just kind of like one of those things. You just Okay, the air doesn't work today, open the doors. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, government. It's an interesting story. I don't know. I don't know too much about the government. Um, I've been meaning to ask people about it, but it's just it's really weird. It's it's. I've asked people who are in charge of me, and they said, "Ask a Dominican. Maybe they can explain it to you." Because I don't even understand it. It's very corrupt in a lot of ways. It's police. I've seen military and police people around a lot, but I've never really seen them do much. I've heard of them pulling over someone one time. But I've never, I've never seen it myself. So they're there, but it's. Good thing I think you haven't had experience with the police. <laughs> well, see, as a dad, that's seen, a really good thing. See, typically it's illegal to pack three people onto a motorcycle and drive down like a main road. So I would think maybe the police would be like, "Eh, it's a problem." And I could talk to him about that one. I think Brian would stop if he did here. So um, I, I mean, I'm, I'd be willing to bet. 
Any more questions? I've got one. And this will be completely your opinion. Um, as you were saying, like with the little girl that didn't have a bed, like here in America, we do have a sense of entitlement comforts <laughs> that they don't have. And like in our rural county, you said you, you were praying for us to, to go out and mission mm-hmm. people. Um, in your opinion, since we're kind of Southern Baptist and in the Bible Belt, do you think that people here would be more influential to the Word or somewhere like where you are? Um, because they've all heard it and they kind of know about it. Hmm. But do you think that it would make a difference in the smaller kids that have seen Grandma go or Grandpa go? Um, does, that, does that make sense? Uh, I, I sort of get what you're saying. They've never really seen it and they see you in there and okay hmm, I'm trying to think how to say this I think it'd be influential in itself for people to see maybe if you're if you're called to go then go obviously I'm not saying don't go and minister here but if you if you feel the calling to go if you and it's you feel you need you're called to go? Obviously, I would say go, or I would say follow God. But we should minister here just as much as we minister out there. I think that for people to see, for the generations coming up to see, you know, people ministering here, that would that would they would be like, wow, okay, I need to do something here, and then if I'm called to go, I can go. If that makes any sense. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to you, Joy. Yeah. Okay. I think I know what you're trying to say. Are the people rece- are, are people are more, more receptive, receptive over yes. there than they are here? Because here they've heard it time and time and time again. And it seems like yes. they've heard it so many times that it has no effect. Right. Whereas there, yeah. are they the same way? It's just like if you go to an area where a church is, like by a church, I'm sure there would be that bit of like, oh, we have already heard this and they don't, and they're just not doing it. Or you go out where there is really nothing. Like there's no churches, they would be more. They would. I don't know if they would be open to it, but they would. They would hear it. And it would be something new. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you just answered another question. Yeah, I'm, is, I'm in, not good at this. The question would be, you know, is the gospel actually reaching? Are there remote? Yes, areas where the there's remote areas where the God. Yes, there are still areas that need to be villages off, all over the place that need to be ministered to, and maybe the more. Public, maybe the more um, modernized, so to speak, areas. They maybe would have heard the gospel, but there are still areas that need to be reached out there. It's really good, Miss Bob. You had a question. Has there been something that you've seen that God just put in your heart that if you had the power or the money mm-hmm. or the influence to fix, that you would fix it that you've seen over there? Um. <laughs> not um, well yes yes and no and, and yes and no about the Dominican the Dominican I see things that if I had money I would put money into it yes if I had a lot of money I would put money into it um, but then it also really broke my eyes to see like ministering here to the areas to that maybe people don't go because that's a bad area or that's these people we don't go over there things like that that's really what's like the ministering here is what's one of my heart. Truly. 
I tell you, as a dad, it's been amazing to see kind of the transformation of before he left into now. And when he talked about it, he talked about in his message about the idea of brokenness and being able to recognize to say, okay, you just don't have to go to the DR to see brokenness. You can, if we really open our eyes and perhaps open our eyes to the to the communities that we say, well, we don't like you just yeah, yeah. like you just said, yeah. like uh, we don't go talk to those people, whoever those people are yeah. to you, insert whoever that may be, right? And he's saying that there's brokenness everywhere, but we as Christians just need to open our eyes. Whereas perhaps the, what would be taught in many churches and in, in maybe some of your experiences, well, missions work is done off off American soil. Yeah, that's that's a big thing. It's um, oh, a big thing is like the whole concept of uh, oh, oh, they're missionaries. Yeah, they're supposed to do that. When in actuality, we're all the Great Commission: go out and go out to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Like that, we are all called. We are all missionaries. To our, to wherever we need to go, whether that's like I said, family, coworkers, or Guatemala, like wherever wherever we're called to go. There's minister there. That's great. That's great. Yes, Marshall. How big is the problem of communicating with those in the place that speak Spanish? Yeah. There's a bit of Creole towards those areas, but yeah. Um, for I, some people have are having some people languages click to where they can just they can go about doing it. With my studies, I've. I'm at a point where I can have a convers I can like talk, like I can have a basic conversation, but to, it'll, quickly. But then it'll take me a little. It'll take me a second to actually get to deeper things through all of that. So in certain, yeah, there's a lot of like I need to. I don't. I don't like ministering through a, a translator. I don't like that. If I I want to get to the point where I don't have I need a translator because I just feel like that's the middleman. I'd rather just be able to say it myself. Just because I feel like, to me, maybe it feels more sincere when you're saying it yourself, as opposed to, "Hey, tell them this." Oh, tell them that. It's just that's just my personal preference with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will. By God and my God, by God's power, I believe that I I, wa- I want to and I really that's what I've been kind of working towards just kind of being able to be as full be as be as capable as I can to minister without someone else just being able to minister by myself yeah um, obviously fluently like dreaming, yes, I would love to speak Spanish fluently. That may take a while, but that's like that. But if I could do it with my odd Spanglish accent, maybe we could get that across. Thanks. You had a question? You were mentioning about you know, like the people of the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are they as cynical? 
People normally just listen because you're white and you're an American. Normally. What, now, whether the, now, listening and doing are two different things, obviously. But, I mean, I don't know if they're so... I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never really had a deep enough... I haven't, had a conver- I haven't had, been conversational enough to where I could ta- ask if they're like, oh, don't talk to those people. I, I believe they're... Actually, I can tell you for a fact they are that way with Haitians just because of the long-standing sort of, not really rivalry, but just kind of a bad blood that's been with Dominican, the Dominican and Haiti since, like, the beginning. When Haiti, yeah, all that stuff. Well, I think we have time for two more questions. All right. What are the needs in the orphanage that you're at? What's the girls need? They got books, pencils, They have everything. They have... They have a lot. What they need is structure, more than any more than any sort of material you could give them. They need structure. They need leadership and structure because they have. I spent at least two days organizing every little thing they have. I, they have plenty of everything, but they just need structure to be able to. Okay, it's time for homework. Here, you don't have a pencil. Okay, we'll get a pencil. Or, okay, um, you want a ball? Here, here's a ball. Structure to where. It doesn't. It's very disor, disorganized, disorderly, and that—that's really where they, where the problem is with that. Is that, is that because of the lady who runs the Partially. Partially because she isn't allowing people to step in and do it, and say on Mondays everything will be really structured, but Tuesday through Tuesday through Sunday, it's disor, disorderly. Who put, who put her in charge? I have no clue. <laughs> You going somewhere? You moving for a minute? I mean, if they need structure, get, get rid of the person that's right. right. You know? Yeah. Is it a government-run facility? Mm-mm. No government it's run? private. If it was government, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't even want to know how disorderly that place would be. So, all right. Yes. Hmm. Great question, Cindy. Oh, my. Man, making him sweat. Yeah, that's that was a good one. Wait for the end to make me sweat. <laughs> they planned that, didn't they? <laughs> Is there anything? Let me re-say this so I'm making sure I'm thinking about it correctly. Is there anything I've seen that has made me sort of focus in on what I need, what I feel called to do, or what I need to do? Um, probably that, probably that girl. Yeah, that girl, and that really, and that really, and that really, and seeing those really like disgruntled, um, less organized, kind of messy areas, that is kind of drawn drawn to that, and because of the little girl. And our last day, we were in the capital when we were driving around the capital lost because our driver didn't know where he was going. So but we got to see some I got to see some places I'd never seen, so I was I was happy about that. I was like, okay, well this is okay. Um and I had a, a friend of mine ask me, I was pointing at like this area, it was like an open air market. It was kinda sort of somewhat thrown together and really kind of shabby looking area and she was like, 
I always get, and she is constantly hears me talking about places like that. She goes, "Could you see yourself working in a place like that?" I said, "Yeah, most likely." Like those areas, like that are look, they're they're they have like they have buildings, but they're not quite. Just they're still a little messy, kind of. There's still brokenness there, obviously, but those sort of areas, like everywhere, not really just like in the Dominican or any other country. Just even here, areas that maybe don't look the best, that kind of thing. If that answers the question. All right. Well, I think we're done with our Q and A. Um, I don't know about you, but I think this is a changed young man. What do y'all think? Yes.